0: Harrison. I've had a really um, um, modest upbringing. I was born and read in a small village um, known as Ruri in Nyandaro County, a place around Olkalao. It's grown a little. Um, my education started at, at that place, a small school that was then known as Rangers View. And this gave, gave me an insight of um, what I really needed to do in the future. Um, after finishing my um primary school in that place where the most enjoyable thing that i enjoyed in that school what really grounded me was um the science cafes i think then they were being called um, they were science-based cafes i can't remember really science congress here Um, i later joined um high school um nyandaro high school really interesting it was a mixed school then National Mix School. Um, after four years, um, I joined a uh, uh, university where I, I joined uh, Kenyatta University. Initially, I had the purpose to be a doctor, but uh, after studies and going to those uh, clinical routines, I think it became a bit boring for me. I needed something that was not. Um, what can I say? Uh, like routine work. So we delved into research, uh, and I did graduate um, with a a biomedical degree. Um, I further pursued uh, bioinformatics in my master's, uh, which I concluded um, around 2012. Uh, Then after, then um, I joined uh, my PhD program after working with uh, different companies in Nairobi University, which I finished sometimes uh, in 2019. And I've been working remotely uh, for a company maybe you guys have heard of it, which is called Help by Informatics uh, Consultants, where we do consultations. I think that that is the brief background of um, my academic and simple upbringing up to this point. As a kid, we used to play these games with my siblings. So we used to uh, act like doctors and try to do research. We would go out there, plant new plants. But I, I, I want to say, like, I've I've walked this path through my, um, maybe my mentoring, where I looked up to my grandfather, who also is known as Hyson, and he used to be this herbalist who used to know this specific plant treats this, this does that. And we did this um, when I was little, and I used to work with him in the forest, and we used to carry these um, barks of trees. So I would I would really say when I was really little, um, younger, that was in primary school, and this kept on growing. So I would just put it as that. It, it's that um, early age when we were growing up in, in school. When I go to the university, I think I had a very clear conscience after attending the first <laughs> I think anatomy and physiology classes, we were viewing MOGs when we joined med school in KU. Then it had just started. Uh, over time, I realized okay, as much as we are physician and we are just treating conditions, I wanted more. That budding, budding interest that I had since I was small to offer solutions, I think pushed me into biomedical research where I did my biomedical degree then. Um, we went for um, internship where I went to Cost General and I realized as much as we would be able to be physician and write these uh, what do you call them request uh forms you could take a history of a patient sometimes um uh, and getting the good results there's some research that is um, is entailed within that description so I, I think that led me to go to that and where i was uh, interested in, in just offering these solutions and um when i was doing my undergraduate i got very good mentors i can't say i'm here just by myself um, i was mentored by a very good friend who i, I don't know if i can mention but he's called uh, dr gashara who inspired me to the field of bioinformatics because then it was something new and there was this computational element that was being brought into research and i was very good in computing so uh, it, it was a field that he inspired and guided me to um, further pursue and then i think um, we went online with my friends it was not something that was being um, spoken about when we we were finishing our undergraduate so we had to see it and maybe research and, and check where can we get this degree or these skills in terms of education that can future propel us to whatever we want to achieve. So uh, thanks to Dr. Gashara, we were able to do a simple uh, check and we the universities or campuses that are offering bioinfo was SANBI in South Africa. Then we had the Center for Biotechnology and Bioinformatics um, as a center of excellence in Nairobi University. And that's who we went to do my master's. Uh, my master's. Um, after finishing my project, my thesis, which was specifically on um, some bioinformatics, where we were able to predict structures of macromolecules. I grew interest in uh, drug design, um, molecular dynamics, and more computational work in terms of simulations. And uh, that is what I pursued for my PhD, where I still did um, bioinformatics specifically um, on uh, neglected tropical diseases and i was trying to find can we find uh, intervenes or ways we can be able to alleviate the problems that we have as a country and specifically as africa we have these diseases we don't talk about too much not very well researched and if they are very well researched uh, sometimes you'll find there are loopholes in terms of drug discoveries and maybe for some which um which have drugs that have been proposed uh, or have been used for a long time you'll find these drugs have a very detrimental effect so that is what i was trying to, to achieve uh, when i was working for uh, in my bioinformatics uh, phd pro- project and we were able to find some better interventions where we can improve in terms of um, drugs for this neglected tropical disease i think that that is um, my journey when it comes to uh, simple biomedical research and where we are at after 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 um graduating we went out and there were this once you graduate with your biomedical degree there were really big challenges because i remember then we had this uh board um the the i think it's called the kenya medical laboratory and technicians board and its purpose was to regulate research um, specifically lab research in a medical uh, setup. I I think that was a big challenge, or you have learned all this, then you're told you must sit for another exam uh, from from that board. So I think most of the people are discouraged in that. And when you look at um, the employment history um, of most of the graduates who finish with biomedical, there's a big challenge in terms of getting work. You'll find you are again defined to work in a lab setup, in the hospital, which take you again to to that routine call. So I think um, once I, I finished my my undergraduate, getting a job was uh, fundamental f- for me. But again, I was looking at: do I really want to squeeze myself into that space that was created by that um, board? So that becomes a, a bit challenge. So what we did, um, what I did m- myself was. Uh, ask good questions um through mentors so these mentors were really important i maintained that um, network between my lecturers and they would guide will tell you this is at this point this is at this point and i, I managed to get a contact and i worked for some times in uh, a lab that was in town that was known as Fields uh, lab and my advice to any young man is please the networks that you grow within um your institute are really important so um that's how i got my first job which I, I think was a bit lacking some guidance through my university networks i wouldn't have gone much even if uh, even in my research and my work right now if i didn't get these people who held my hand and i think this um when um we are growing up maybe they were not uh, called men- mentors then but uh, i am thankful to my parents they were able to give us this um, exposure by introducing us to maybe people who are doing um, different things in life teachers you'd meet somebody who's an engineer then at some point you and i, I can't push it too far my grandfather s- served a very important uh, portion of my life in terms of mentoring me to do biomedical research, because he was really key to to it. Uh, In my undergraduate, um, I had several people who held my hands, and I'm so thankful to them. Um, I mentioned Dr. Kashar, who was really uh, instrumental into what I am right now. Then I went further, um, which he directed me. He told me, Harrison, I was mentored. There's somebody who held my hand. I didn't know stuff, but they held my hand. And whatever I know, I owe it to them, because they were gentle with me, They taught me basic things so he helped me during that early um academia and research uh once we finished school um he he sent me to somebody and he told me please this was my let me call him academic father because that is the guy who supervised him uh professor wallace bulimo and i remember him um asking me young men just come to the lab and see what we do in the lab so i can say this is fundamentally important and it keeps you uh, guided and focused into seeing what the country maybe does and what is happening within research institutions within um the, within the country um bulimo now uh and, and you see these these are steps to step then bulimo was able to tell me okay harrison if you want to do bioinformatics. I am not in uh, in Sebib, but would you talk to somebody? Um, and he gave me uh, Professor Mullah. I, I think I've known him for like over 13 years now. And I, I wouldn't say that there is any point he let me feel like I wasn't enough. He kept on challenging me, and he's held my hand since then. But also when it comes to other things, I can say you can find an He through his networks and students that he he mentored or he would refer you to would you talk to this and i'm glad i was i was able to meet somebody who really helped me during my master's project uh, dr fred who was in the states and was working then by a small company that was known as dna software inc which was very fundamental for me and you can see through his network, he connected me to a student he taught a long time ago, who took me in and was able to even show me how to do a project. I think this was important in my academic life um, and the researcher where I am at. He even taught us to write. You know, sometimes you you do these packages and you think you can write, but at some point when you're mentored, how that art of scientific writing, it's totally a different ballgame. So that guy was patient enough in making me learn some things that are really fundamental for any science person or any person who is seeking to write any article into a journal so i think that is important and i think these are the small bits that are not taught in school um i'm still getting mentored i'm new um i'm, <laughs> I'm an early career researcher so i still get mentored um i also offer ma- mentorship to young students not only in the university where i, I teach but also um, young people who are in high school and primary school whenever i meet them and i get a chance to speak to them and i cannot overemphasize um, in research or any career that you choose having mentors who tell you the real challenges that are existing in that field giving you um, the national the broad outlook in terms of national issues in terms of aligning yourself um, in wherever you want to end up. But most importantly, and I think I tell um, my students this when they're getting into their first years, like um, as much as you come to school, please sit yourself down and and really understand what you're doing here. So it will become more meaningful even attending classes or even um, shaping whatever you want to do in the future. So I, I think that is very key and fundamental. My first project that I got involved in was uh, some study when I was finishing my undergraduate and we had to do a thesis. Uh, the first project I got to is um, some epidemiology study where we were checking rates of diabetes and hypertension in then it was not uh, Nairobi county, it was Nairobi as a municipal council and a city. So I got the feel of data collection. Then refining that data, then um, analysis. We we, we use these statistical softwares, and you can see this kept on growing my interest when it comes to data. As much as we get that primary data, what can we draw, or what are the inner in um, things that you would find from this primary data? So that was really my my interest, and that was something that I really needed to understand. When I joined uh, my master's, in, when I came to choosing my my project, uh, I, I worked with, um, again, Plasmodium. And I, I, as I told you, um, DNA Software Inc. had come up with a software that is known as RNA123, but they had tried to, to understand the structures of macromolecules in terms of, for example, the ribosome, the Golgi operators. And from their understanding was, they're just they're just chemical elements and the way they combine can we really tell how they combine so then um, being one of the first companies that was trying to solve um the crystal structure of um, different organ, uh, organ, uh, organelles uh, it became really interesting so I was involved in a project where they had just finishing f- finished um, um assembling that software in all these small bits to be able to predict uh, the structure in terms of theoretical structure then they had not done um they've not, they had not used the software to do anything that was eukaryotic they had done only for prokaryotes but they had uh, refined it for E. coli. and when i came on board during that project i was trying to test the software in terms of uh, where can we just uh, put these um, thresholds what can it do how big can it predict and, I did um, the first project where I was trying to predict the structure of the 40S. It was almost a sub, sub, subunit for Plasmodium. Um, remember, really interesting project. We would sit now with all this data that is theoretical, then just find a probable um, template. We would look at, um, we know how the 40S is. Can we use that to build our mold in terms of this new, um, this this new structure that we want to predict and i remember uh, when i finished that project where we had predicted the structure of the 40s ribosomal subunit for plasmodium falciparum mm. i remember a team that had predicted uh, had had um crystallized and published their work uh, i remember in 2012 um the ramakrishnan group in the uk uh, received the nobel prize for predicting this uh, no obtaining the first crystal structure of that so it was really interesting for me to be able to predict again the structure of that 40s ribosomal subunit for plasmodium falciparum as the first because uh, after we did our publication after that project um the poor crystallizing who are doing the real uh lab work obtaining their structure and if, if you check in terms of resolution our structure is still supreme so it tells us as much as we had these databases that have primary uh, uh, primary data in terms of um, all the molecular work that is done, you ex- you extract the DNA, then you can know, uh, once you annotate, you can know all the regions. You can pick that info- in- information and just thread in, and you can be able to find really quickly how the structure would look. Once we did that, um, I-, I did complete that project. I was involved in another project where we were uh, producing enzyme or designing enzymes from um, bioinformatics elements. Then we were able to clone them. This I think was my second project. Then we can be able to express whatever was required. And I remember working in the lab for a long time. And this was a fundamental thing where uh, I think during my mentorship, people are not getting very well what bioinformatics is. But sometimes I tell people bioinformatics is a multidimensional approach to research problem. And I tell people, I'm not from a computational background, though I'm, I'm good at it. I'm from a biomedical background, where I can get into the lab and do this wet with, with, with science stuff. So that really exposed both these strengths. where so you can design a project in silico using your bioinformatics skills, then go to the lab and implement it really simply, avoiding so many mistakes and um, so many misuse of some of the reagents. After that, I got into another project which I was working on for my PhD. And I was looking at again, um, now, since you can predict these structures, how far can we take this um, in the future? And I remember there was this call by medicine for malaria venture. And, and then they were trying to find, okay, we have this expression, can, can we be able to screen? And I'm, I'm sure um, most um, researchers would understand the process of screening, or you have maybe an an, a metabolite or whatever you is your lead compound then you must do these cultures then you expose to your cell line for example then you test the activity if the growth is happening if there is um, a limitation of growth that can be a good antibiotic depending on whatever you're doing so if this can happen it is very difficult to produce a drug really quickly so what I worked on was I checked on a, a multiple um thing and I'm sure they are called kinetoplastids the likes of um, typanosome and leishmania so i worked on um, obtaining the structures uh, for all the kinetoplastid that is typanosome gambians Brucei and cruzi then i did for leishmania major the reason why i did this i was trying to compare as much as they are classified as kinetoplastids and if you look at their dna they are they are closely similar to, to each other with minor deviations. But when it comes to the diseases they cause, they cause very different diseases. So I picked that as my study, where I did a prediction of um, the ribosomal structures. Then I was able to find specific uh, portions within it, which we call the motifs, which can be used as drug targets. And we did some publications on that. We we obtained and we were able to again do a uh, methodology of how you obtain this and we managed to do several papers and we filed a patent in terms of methods of predicting uh, 3d structures of um new nu- uh what we call it nucle- nucleotides in terms of either dna or rna um i've been involved in other projects um that involve synthetic biology where again we sit um and my my portion within our lab setup is I design everything in bioinformatics, and I keep on querying. If, if we have, for example, to order primers or probes, how do we design them? What is the best way to do it? How, for example, do we attach a specific, um, for example, a compound that would be an indicator? So I work right now. I work on those. I also help students, which uh, we supervise, um, or anyone who comes comes in and really has bioinformatics challenges within our field or within our lab that I come, I, I come in. So in terms of projects, I think those are what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm also interested in predictive elements, where, for, as I said, we were working on trying to find some, some things that would, would help in terms of um, treatment of, of what we're having as COVID. Because as you find out, when we are doing these predictions, uh, during our project covid was not there so covid has really accelerated with how we did things and how we we thought that like, we would be able to um, offer remedies for some of these challenges that are existing in terms of diseases so of our works um well, we've done the structure prediction of um covid as the whole organic where we model the whole um the the, the whole um rna and we can add the specific um, st- uh, structural proteins around it. Then, at every point, we can challenge using drug leads. Or we can uh, just download everything from PubChem, then write small codes. Then you can be able to see this um, this binding, and you can then check the activities and what happens if this would have in terms of um, it being used as a as a drug uh, molecule. And we do this simulation, so we are still doing that and i, I think um our publication will be out um, soon i think one of the biggest challenge any budding scientist for example who ventures in science i think um i'll say this once you finish school the challenge one one of the biggest challenges is getting a job because there, there is Either regulation for you to get to that point, or some point you'll find um, in terms of science. And for example, bio science there are very few um, industry that are willing to do to, to, to offer you uh, jobs. I remember the only jobs that most of my colleagues would get after um, our undergraduates were medical representative. Where you go, you learn about a drug, then you go pushing it into either pharmaceuticals or even to doctors to prescribe it which is like uh you you're, you've become a sales and marketer for that specific drug so one of the highs is um one of the lows is getting to that point then you really understand what you want to do but getting an avenue where you can maybe learn more maybe um equip your skills so they are really needed you'll find that that is a bit low um So you'll find most of biomedical researchers who venture and go and do their master's projects, most end up um, either becoming university uh, lecturers, and um, you'll find there is less money of establishing a um, well-organized lab. So I'll tell you that is a very big law. You'll find most of the graduates, even postgraduate people finish, then if they cannot be absorbed by the mainstream research facilities that are within the country, you'll find you have challenges with them in terms of um, them getting a place where they can work and earn a living, so that that is a low. Um, um, some of the highs, uh, I'll, I'll tell this. <laughs> I'm I'm one person who believes in small wins. I'll tell you, it's very stressful being in the lab, specifically when you're doing a project and you keep on having these failures. So I'll say, I I I always tell and encourage people small wins. If you wake up in the morning and you've set up an experiment for example and you go and get good results that is progress and I always make sure I have this <laughs> let me call them small highs at every point of um my scientific uh, career um I've had very good wins actually when you have supervisors and once you get to a point where you know what you're doing because your supervisors don't get as much as they help you during your research nothing is brilliant like them telling you you've become an expert of something that we ourselves would learn from you so i think that is another high that i have where where your mentors and your supervisors are like wow you're able to do that at that point so at every point of my son's journey um i've enjoyed i've had those small wins where (laughs) where i felt confident that i've helped um solve a problem then the best way once you solve this problem can you be able to communicate it to as many people and i think this is the intention of this open access journals or articles that you write so that is wonderful i always feel um whenever you send a manuscript and it's accepted and published those are again small wins and for a scientist very major winner so i think those are some of um, the better things um, Another high that I can mention is being able to work with uh, researchers, students. I think this is something that I feel um, gives me so much pleasure, where well, you get to see the, them ask questions, know how to ask these questions, and learning how to go about answering these scientific questions. So they, this, this I think, um, there is much progress, as much as there are these challenges that are existing within the market, you can see progress. Uh, I would bet you've seen progress with um, many people working remotely. As, as much as sometimes scientists, you must be in the lab um, or b- within a research facility. You'll find sometimes working offline and where you learn different things, we've opened up to, like conferences or uh, knowledge avenues so much within the um, that science space. I would say these are, are positives that have happened. And I think for a new researchers, um, I'm really happy to see the government has implemented something where it is giving out the research fund. So, for any undergraduate or any student or even any person who is out there, there is that innovation thing that is ongoing. I'm sure you've heard about the new agency Kenya and the, the new established. Um, national research fund that is panelled or channeled through NACOSTI so I think for any student if you asking a really good question because these questions are asked by all students at, at some point there is a way you can attract some funding that would help you conduct that research and get it out there to be useful I think that is one major thing that I would ask any person who is delving in research please. Don't be quiet about whatever you're doing. As much as you think it's uh, really small, it would be of major uh, importance to the people that you are doing that for. Um, And I always tell people this, specifically my students, whenever I'm in class. The reason why maybe you come to school is for you to be able to offer or to impact the study where you come from. So you've come here, you've learned science you've understood some basic parlaments of science. So the next thing is make sure your sciences or the way you're able to articulate things, you can sell it to the basic people. If, and if I, I always tell them, if you can sell that science to your mother, if she understands what you can do, she can recommend you to somebody also. As much as you're doing this science, let it be of impact to um, your scientific community or even your community wherever you are. So that is something I'll, I'll tell them. Always pursue these avenues. There is so much, uh, for example, grants. And again, this is another platform that has come up. And I'm really excited with the spaces that um, just graduates are able to even communicate um, the ideas really easily. The social media platform has become very important in terms of communicating important information when it comes to funds. For example, um, on the issue of funding, Now you'll find uh, many scholarships, many fellowships, many grant application uh, processes that are advertised online. And you'll see for scientists or small groups of scientists, you can see them form small, we call it bayonets, where you can always um, channel this information through. And whoever and whatever they are doing, you can come together and collaborate and write something. Um, Something else um, that is of importance for any person um, getting into this space uh, don't underestimate the process of collaboration and i'll go back to that point where i was saying when you're in school you must understand why am i doing this and again um, in that school setup always encourage my students please always know what you are very good at and you'll find that becomes a drive you can be able to do things as a group and this is always encouraged you sit as a group and have a discussion. Maybe somebody is very good in anatomy. Another person is very good in physiology. Another one is very good in biochemistry. So you can see in the future as you go on. If this this guy goes and becomes very good in anatomy and he ends up in anatomy lab, you'll find at some point you'll need to collaborate. And I cannot overemphasize this process or this main point. Please don't forget your peers. Um, sometimes we fall short when I, uh, when I say this. You can work in the lab, but if you get the basic people who are who in, in that lab, the people who we call technicians, who's helped you during that trouble. So make sure you, 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 you come together and collaborate. So I think those are the key fundamental things that would be important for any person who seeks to get into um, biomedical research. I think this is this, this common emphasis within the lab and uh, within um, every, every conversation that you hear. Um, research sometimes can be really stressful, as you, you've mentioned. And that stress can lead to even bigger problems in terms sort of depression or even major things. I'll say this, this uh, is because it becomes lonely specifically when you're thinking things in your head as much as your supervisor is pushing you your agenda you must listen to the different supervisors or the different team members then you must be very articulate in what you are supposed to to do so for any person who is pursuing um, the course again i'll tell you it's challenging but i'm sure everybody who pursues it um, has that heart and that head to take care uh, to see it through but i'll say this i've seen half of the students who get um, in biomedical research I think the statistics for the country is half, So I think it is important to make sure, even if you have these stresses, um, I always tell people, and I've mentioned this a lot, please always see the small ones. If you're able to go to the lab, set up an experiment, run it, even if it gives you a negative result, that is a result that you can document and say, at least I got a result because I was hell-bent to do this. research. So I always encourage small ones. Make sure you take this array again make sure you're getting uh, the right people don't put don't pile uh, so much on yourself sometimes I understand most students have different challenges you have where you're coming there's that family element you're in the lab your supervisors are pushing you they need you to maybe get your publication out you're not getting the right person to to talk to or to understand where um what you're doing so I always encourage I've said this in my prior statements, like I would encourage a lot um uh, getting together, having an activity that you do besides like I'll say this as much as we love to stay in the lab or our research facilities, it's good to have something else that takes you out of it. But don't forget to celebrate yourself. Sm- you can achieve Go celebrate. Always ensure that you can talk to anyone, and this is Something that i encourage students to do or any person who is in the lab make sure the person who is supervising you or your mentor always understands your science and understands what space you are at always um let the family help out at some point some some of the critics that would give you the best critique in your research are the people who you think would not be interested so i always encourage you have this diverse um conversation with different people who would pick it and this is family and close friends so maintain that along then um i think this is important for example in the lab that we, are. It's, we make it deliberate if you see somebody's um having troubles if you cannot ha- help at that moment i always encourage um take breaks breaks that are very really structured like I'm um, having these challenges don't stop stressing yourself like take a break go rethink about that thing sit do something something else rejuvenate and then get back to, to your main cost that is something that is really key if you have um, bigger challenges that you think that are stressing you um, which are not lab related I think um, don't feel any shame. To find a counselor or somebody that you can talk to in terms of confidence get them to understand your situation and they can help you don't don't die alone don't don't cramp your head so much so uh, i think that that is important from where i stand um i think the future is the future is i can say the future is just the future all we we have to is make sure you set a pedestal where you can mentor or you can guide as many people and i always believe on this thing that says uh, you're never successful until you succeed so i'm at the point where i feel i can create and establish a platform where um enough people in my field would find me as a stepping stone Um, the future is bright as i've set up uh or i've said before for any person who is coming, including us, we can have this conversation, meaning full conversation in small groups, which uh, some time back was an exclusive club for very few people. So I'll say, science is very important in our country. We're expanding that reach in science. It is still not enough uh, to see uh, as a country, science and innovation and uh, research is in a good plane. But I, I would I would say this. For me, um, I'm still curious to learn. I learn every day and I'm really interested in, as much as I learn, I love to teach. So I I, I think I'm in a good standing when it comes to um, the future and what it holds. And I can foresee um, bigger things coming out um, in terms of real tangible research um, outputs and outcomes that can help um, not only the country, but uh, the continent and the globe um, at large. Uh, I think um, it is important to note that I think as much as we can get social media for our social engineering, I think um, social media for for anyone who is doing uh, research can be a very good platform. To communicate, to be able to share um, experiences, to, to be able to, like, um, share some common knowledge that would be redundant whenever you're doing your work. I, I think this would be a very good platform, and I, I would, I'm more or less encouraged to see um, anyone who gets into social media specifically um, with an inter- intention either to push good information or good research, and to even ask questions. Um, and I think this is a good standing where we are at and how we are exploiting all this um, technology that has come to us. I think bioinformatics get us a lot. For example, if you have a specific strain, I'll give an example, for example for COVID and whatever we are mentioning in terms of variations. I think at any point you'll find um, any disease because of the DNA and how it's interacting with the environment, you'll find there are some uh, places it will mutate or change um, importantly uh, when this mutation happen the virus is trying to either evade something or hide its epitope or the portion that is important in terms of causing it disease or propagating it um, for it to be able to survive so what BINFO can do you can see at every level you can do an alignment and tell at what rate is it changing and at what position is this happening so that would be one indicative how bioinformatics can solve that uh, problem the next thing we can use bioinformatics we can uh, implement many data analysis and and algorithms that would tell you for example at what point and this is a really good question that you've asked At what point can we use a drug or abuse it until we have um, a mutation that would be detrimental? I think in that forum, you you can see how Bainfo is helping you not only see how this resistance is happening, but you can be able to even predict um, in the future. If this is used or abused, what are we uh, able to see? I'll mention a study that um, I was involved in um, For example, uh, tuberculosis. Most of the drugs, vancomycin, was working on the uh, RNN. At at some point, that position within that uh, ribosome component that the drug used to bind to and caused um, disruption of growth of that specific cell, that portion mutated. And now, using bioinformatics, we can really tell what changed within that a single nucleotide changed and now it became resistant but we went further in, into looking at that specific vancomycin and uh, there's a team in south africa that has been able to activate that vancomycin to again be a very effective drug against um tuberculosis so in all that i think by serves at every portion where you can have not only this primary data that you have derived in the lab you can be able to find more information within that dataset by using bioinformatics and uh, data mining skills and tools that you've studied in bioinformatics to be able to offer that um, solution